Welcome to the Trumpet Call Podcast. I'm your host, John Martin. We are with Tom Marlin today, talking about the fourth mark of a disciple maker, which is living among those who don't know or follow Christ. So thanks for joining us, Tom. Glad to be here. Uh, you and your wife, yeah, it's great to have you. Um, you and your wife, Nina, you're in New Jersey. Now, what base are you guys at? Joint base, McGuire, Fort Dix, Lakehurst, known as JBMDL. Mm, great name. Yeah, uh, for no particular reason. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how long, did, how many years did you do in the Air Force? I did 13 years active duty and 15 years in the reserves for 28 total. Wow. So you've spent, a, a, you know, 28 years amount around military people who uh, have not known or known how to follow Christ. So you got plenty of experience. Okay, so we're talking to uh, the right the right person here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, first question, uh, you know, Tom, what has been your experience reaching the lost over the last twenty eight years? Let's see. I guess it was a, a little a little different active duty than it was in the reserves because I was on staff with the navigators in the reserves, so I kind of had enough extra bandwidth to. Um, think and process about even what you're talking about. But when I was active duty, I'm like everybody else, you're working long days and you got family and you're trying to take care of, um, you know, responsibilities. So, you know, you don't have a ton of time to engage with people as long as you like, but you also don't have a ton of time even to think about what that could or should look like. Right. Um, so conferences and other things were helpful you know, taking time out that we're spiritually focused to help think about stuff like that. But on the job, it's just a function of, um, you know, having prayed ahead of time and being intentional so that when you're doing what you do, you're looking for an opportunity to kind of get the gospel in there, to ask a question, intentional question, to um, ask questions to solicit questions because one of the things I learned as a, an instructor as well as just a disciple maker people listen a lot better when you're answering a question that they've asked hmm. as opposed to you're just talking or telling them something or answering a question that they didn't ask uh -huh. so sometimes they don't ask you questions so you have to ask them a question to get them to ask you a question <laughs> great yeah sounds like jesus and nicodemus asking yes. saying saying something and all of a sudden nicodemus, well what do you mean born again yeah yeah that's great <laughs> yeah that's great that sounds like um sounds like a honed skill um so as you but now that 13 years of active duty you were a pilot right correct okay so as a pilot, what would you say was the low-hanging fruit, if any? Was there a group of people in that officer community, in that pilot community, that was just seemed really easy to reach? Uh, probably easy to have conversations with, but not necessarily easy to see them respond um, spiritually. So probably had more access um, and more freedom in that the officer types tend to be less afraid of challenging conversations maybe in some some cases they'll you're not worried about getting into trouble per se you know having a spiritual conversation but they also have you know preconceived ideas and thoughts 
and so you're kind of pushing against um, whether or not they're churched or unchurched. Um, it, you know, getting through the skin is a little harder. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, pretty easy to have the conversation. Pretty hard to be effective and see fruit come from that conversation. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah, I appreciate the clarification because it's not like anyone, any one human being is easier to reach than another unless God opens their eyes. Um, so yeah, (laughs) but, but I would say that, what do you mean when you say get through the skin? Um, so this is like, um, defined terms, right? You say discipleship. I say discipleship does what you mean. Is it the same as what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You say church, you go to church. What do you mean by that? You know, what do I mean by that? So um, trying to define terms and, uh, you know, gain some clarity on what it means. What what do our, what does our language mean? Um, mm-hmm. So that's especially true if you're talking to a churched guy, um, mm-hmm. trying to get him to a place to where you have a shared reality on what, the Bible is talking about when we say discipleship and following Christ. And um, if it's an unbeliever uh, with no real church background, then obviously that's a longer journey and you're just sort of getting to know them. You get to know their family. Uh, It's like anybody else, you know, you just push into church or religion in some way, however you can get there Mm -hmm. and then, then begin to ask questions of, you know, what, what they know, and what they're willing to sit and listen to. I, one of the benefits about being a pilot, especially flying big airplanes, is there's nowhere for him to go. Like we're sitting up there and there's just nowhere for him to go. So I can ask questions and he can be frustrated with me, but he's still going to be sitting there. And, <laughs> right. And on the deployments, it was the same thing. We would be in a confined space. And so um, I can have conversations pretty freely with people Mm. is there a story that you just kind of love to that maybe something that god did in those 13 years with some of those fellow officers that you were able to converse with really easy ask questions with that you just man just want to it's just such a neat gift from god to be able to see god work through some of these questions and conversations my experience was that nothing happened fast Um, everything tended to happen kind of slow. Mm -hmm. So one of the thoughts that comes to mind is, uh, even before I got in the air force, my college roommate who also went in the air force, um, but he was not a believer and I came to Christ in college. And so I began to reach out to him and he of course did not respond. And, but yet I stayed his friend. Um, and we even roomed together a year during that time. And, and then we both got in the military and he went his way and I went mine, but we stayed in touch. Um, I liked him, you know, he was not a believer, but he was a friend. And then in my first assignment, there's another guy similar, um, who definitely not a believer married. So I would go hang out with him and his wife and, and I can remember reaching out to him with the gospel. So, you know, you're talking, this was happening in like 1988 and then the, the other one in 1990. Um, and so I just built a friendship with the two of them and uh, spent time with them. And then we parted ways. Well, years go by and they both 
get into marital problems, um, the world begins to deteriorate around them and they find other people who help them basically find Christ. So mm. it wasn't me, but then when they find him, then they call me and right. they say, uh, you know, they, they tearfully, you know, share a thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can barely even remember what I talked to them about other than <laughs> I remember intentionally engaging them with the gospel. And so that what had happened was they just said that that just rattled around in their brain for years until their life just unraveled around them. And then they knew that there was an alternative because they'd seen it and they were able to reach out and find somebody, um, which was not me, but then mm. I, the, the joy that they had when they call me was super uplifting and encouraging. And so now they're big uh, supporters of ministry for us. And, and I get to spend time talking to them every so often. So it's just those seeds that you plant and that you're intentional with and that you water, but then it's a long time before they grow. That is such a great story, and I love it. It reminds me of John uh, 4.36, I believe it is. Yeah, got my Bible mm -hmm. open here. 4.36. Uh, he who sows, he who reaps, they just, they rejoice together. And I, I, I love that, Tom. It's just cool to hear you tell that story and not be like, yeah, and then these other people s swooped in, and, <laughs> you know, there's it's just awesome to see the joy that you have at those people coming to know Christ. Um and I think we've, you know, we've been a few of us here have been talking about planting seeds for a while. Sometimes I, when I think of people planting seeds, it looks like, oh, going to Lowe's, buying a seed packet, filling their hand with the seeds, and chucking it in the backyard, and just being like, well, nothing grew. I don't know what happened. But when I hear that story, it sounds like you took a seed, you planted it in the ground, you mounted the dirt on it, and just watered it, prayed, and just prayed, and God caused the growth through some other people which is awesome to see that intentionality, Tom. Yeah, it's. I wish it would go faster. I'll just say, uh, honestly, it's frustrating. Um, yeah. I, I was frustrated by both those guys for years. <laughs> um, and I, I want to see it. I want to see it happen. But um, <clears throat> just sometimes it, well, it, it, it always takes a while. It takes God's time. You're right. How do you handle the frustration? Yeah. Let's see, maybe that's a Galatians 6, 9 sort of thing. Mm. Um, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest. And here's the key part of that, if you do not give up. Mm -hmm. So you keep praying, you don't lose heart, you don't quit, you don't just think, wow, I wasn't successful this year, so it's never going to work. Um, it's the plowing, um, it's the plotting, uh, the not giving up. Uh, I think this is a good message for fathers of children mm. who frustrate them as well, that uh, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So don't quit um, when you even when they're 16 and they look you in the eye and they say, I don't want to ever see you again. Mm. Um, then you just somehow have to remember that you it's a promise of scripture. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Mm. Man, that is a great, great word, Tom. I mean, that's, 
if that doesn't capture evangelism, you know, what does that? That's and I know it's about doing good, but I, I would say evangelism is doing good. So I think it counts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so here's a thought. Here's a, this. I'm I'm going to answer a question that you didn't ask, which is I'm breaking my primary rule of ooh. evangelism. No, I'm glad you're doing. I'm glad you're doing this, Tom, because this is this is what I want to hear. Um, I, I the you know on that rule, I think that's what First Peter three fifteen. You know, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Be prepared always to give an answer to everyone who asks for the hope that is within you. So the, the presumption is the question's been asked, you know, before mm. you start giving your answer. And so primary evangelism rule there that I, I, I appreciate. But uh, this, is, uh, this is about being an insider. And so for those years I was a reservist, I would spend two to three days being a, a instructor flying on the line and I would wear the same uniform that everybody else wore. And so the students would look at me no different than they did anyone else. So they didn't know I was a navigator or, a, you know, or part-time or full-time even. So I was just, maybe I looked a little older than some of the other instructors, but still um, I remember a time where I took about, just had a medical issue and took a couple months off of flying and um, and finally got back in, and we were taking a break from ministry at the same time. So there were some people that knew they wanted to get involved in the ministry, but they knew I was out of that for a while. So they were connected with one of our partners that we did ministry with, but yet they knew who I was, and they were trying to connect with me. So when I finally got back to the flight line to start flying again, I, I flew a student mission. And the student that I flew with was this one guy that I had gotten as a contact and was waiting for him to come. And I didn't know he was there and he had been working with the other guy in ministry. And so, but he was really excited and engaged and really wanted to be involved, second lieutenant. I had no idea. And we sat, I went through the whole briefing and um, he didn't say a word, you know, mm. about that because he was like nervous and Tim, he thought maybe I would have known, but since I didn't say anything, he wasn't going to bring it up and um so we went and flew this mission and uh we came back and we were taxiing in and he got he was in the back seat or i was in the back seat he was in the front seat and so he said hey um you know mr marlin or whoever you know whatever the the rank was at the time uh when are you going to start your bible study back <laughs> you know <laughs> and i just had this immediate rush of did I yell at this guy at all throughout this? Like, did I do, you know, cause there was no ministry context at all. And so I just thought, you know, cause you get tense sometimes, you know, and sometimes you can like lose your temper with these guys or you can say stuff. And I'm like, I'm thinking, man, I have been, I've been watched for now two and at two hours and 15 minutes. Right. I wonder what this guy saw and I was clueless. Uh -huh. I was being watched. And so um, I just said, hey, I, I'm, you know, I realized his name. I looked at my card on my knee and I'm like, oh, wow, you're Hunter. I'm supposed to know you, um, man. Yeah, we're going to start back next week. And by the way, did I do anything during this mission that was bad? <laughs> or uh... <laughs> So it turns out I didn't, you know, thank the Lord. And we ended up having a great ministry relationship. But I guess the reality in that is I was 
in the mix with these guys with no other purpose than to do my job, but yet they were watching. And so he got no show from me. He just got me. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's really, it's that uh, Romans 15, 13, um, you know, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may overflow with hope. So it's what comes out of you, what overflows out of you. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, it was a good day and it wasn't something bad that overflowed <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, anyway, just well, a thought. That's great. Yeah, I'm glad you answered that question. I didn't ask. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, and that's that's such a cool, uh, cool story, Tom. I love it. So uh, I I do want to move. I wanted to title this episode "Hot Tub Evangelism" because I've heard I've heard some stories <laughs> about, about you and your wife have a hot tub, and God's given you guys some cool preliminary seed sowing opportunities. Could you want to tell everyone else about that? Okay, let's just be clear. This is a Walmart hot tub, an inflatable hot tub. This is, okay. uh, Should I put the link in the description so everyone else can order these? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it, is, it is a cheap, poor man's hot tub, but it's still big enough to get, uh, they say four people, but it's pretty intimate. I'm, I'm thinking two people is probably better, but uh, but you can definitely baptize a person in, in an Intex hot tub. I can tell you that, four-person hot tub. So um, that's... Uh, yeah, we we got it because of the pandemic, and we couldn't go anywhere. And so we thought, well, we we live on base in a townhouse. We got nothing we can do, but we'll just get a hot tub. And so we we started having airmen get involved in ministry, and they couldn't get baptized. You know, we've had we had some come to Christ, and the the chapel was um, closed, so there was really no opportunity for them to go get baptized in a chapel forum. So we had the hot tub. So there you just, go. Invited people over and we, we baptized in the hot tub. Right. And and even among your neighbors, I mean, I, I've heard, I think we were talking one other time, neighbors kind of saying, hey, what do you got going on in your garage there? Is that, is that a hot tub in there? And maybe just some conversation about that or. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's in the backyard. It's on okay. a deck, but I had my neighbor help me build it. Yeah, so um, we built the deck and we put the hot tub and then we put a, put a little tent, one of those little gazebos over the top of it. Excellent. Okay, so we got about a minute left, but um, don't let that intimidate you. Uh, what would be, maybe just, <laughs> just some quick takeaways. What would be what? What's a question that you often find yourself asking? What's something you would never ever do? What? what some quick how tos. Well, the would not do is like I said before, asking questions that weren't asked. So, the the idea is to to encourage people to ask questions and then answer those questions. Um, so one of the worst things you can do as an instructor is just talk too much so that the mm. student is just overwhelmed and can't learn anything. So you've got to give him room to learn. I think if you ask about things that are important to them, like family or, you know, I think when I was in the in uniform, if we were in the office or whatever, or we were in the flying environment, I would ask them things like, what do you want to do when you leave here? What kind of you know, what, what's most important to you? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've asked students um, if, if uh, God came to you in a dream last night and said he was going to give you your top three things and in mm-hmm. the morning you were going to write them down and he would give you all three of them in order, number one, two, and three, what would they be? And so awesome. based on how they answer that question, I, I can say, well, why is that number one? Why, mm-hmm. why do you feel like this is your number one? Or why is this number three? And 
this one wasn't even on the list. Why isn't this on the list? And got so, it. No, that's then, really cool. Well, Tom, thanks so much. This is awesome. Uh, I feel spurred on myself, and I think those are great questions. It's great hearing the stories, the spur to not give up, not become weary, just keep plugging away. I love it. And I think, yeah, that's what Jesus himself tells us to do. So, uh, um, so thanks so much for being on here, being the guest, and spurring us on to love and good deeds and sharing the gospel, helping people know Christ and follow Christ. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.